and welcome back. This is Jonah part two. It's not about the whale. So this is part two in a series of four where we're just going through the book of Jonah one chapter at a time. Thank you for listening. My name is John. I was trained as a pastor, and this is one of the ways I try to give something good back to the world. Now, we're going through the book of Jonah because I think it's a fantastic story. And if you ask me, the whole book builds and builds and builds until this point of lunacy and hilarity at the end of it all. And most people only know this story as it relates to this man Jonah being swallowed by a whale. But they have no idea that that's really just chapter 2. So what happens in chapter 1, 3, or 4? But today we are going to talk about chapter 2, but I want to talk about it, and you'll see, in a different angle at one point. Because everybody reads it in this one way, and then I'm going to say, what if it's like this? So buckle in, because legitimately all I'm going to do is read through it verse by verse, bit by bit, and then give a commentary every so often throughout. And my hope is that it will be entertaining and that it will provide something interesting for you to talk about, think about, laugh about. And it doesn't matter to me if you come from a religious background because I have this growing idea that the Bible is meant for non-religious people. So this is meant for you, even if you know the story or if you don't, I hope you have a good time, all right? And uh, man, let's just get into it, okay? So thank you for listening, and let's do this. You ready? This is Jonah Part 2, It's Not About the Whale. Now, at this point... Jonah was told to go preach to his enemies, and instead he went to the opposite direction, where a storm came on the boat, came upon the boat that he was on, and he was asleep, he was depressed. They threw him overboard because he said he wanted that, not because the Lord said he wanted that. And then the non-Hebrews turned to the Hebrew God quicker than he did, and so he's kind of exposed as being an anti-prophet. And then, in the midst of being thrown overboard and into this storm, the Lord sends a big fish, a hadag hagadol in the Hebrew, the big, the fish. And it swallows him. And then he spends three days and three nights in the belly of the big, the fish, hadag hagadol, the whale, as you may know. So we're going to pick up right there. I just recapped all of chapter one. Here is chapter Two. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. Pause. <laughs> Uh, In the last episode, and then in previous ones, I've mentioned how the Genesis poem, at the beginning of the entire Bible, in chapter 1, has this reference to this watery chaos 
that the Lord has to put boundaries on and sets to the side and then starts creating. Well, every time that there is watery chaos, storm, flooding, anything like that, you can reference back to Genesis 1. And so here is Jonah referencing being in the storm. The watery chaos was it was kind of known as just the realm of the dead because nobody goes into the watery chaos and comes out alive. And uh, at least in <laughs> like depths, in chapter one, he's not on the surface level of life. He's living, sleeping just below the deck. Well, now he's leagues and leagues under the water, tumbling upside down. So he's in an even lower position than he ever was before or ever hoped to be. And it's as close to his hell as you might think. Because in, at least in this instance, hell is not a fiery pit. It's a watery chaos where nothing survives. And so here he is talking about it. Let's keep going. Verse 3. You hurled me into the depths into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled around me. All of your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. He's got this defiant hope that he will be saved from this watery chaos. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. Let me change the page. Let's pause right there. Now he's saying all of this, supposedly from the belly of the whale, from the big, the fish, the Hadag Hagadol. And what we need to do is pay attention to where is his confidence coming from? I don't know about you, but if you're in the belly of a whale that was in the midst of a storm, you would have a very different understanding of what's good or bad. Because Jonah, he went to the depths. I said in chapter 1, that he was probably depressed. He was sleeping a lot. And so he went to the depths and he was swallowed by a big fish there. So here's a, here's a thought. At least a question, I guess. What does it look like for you or I to give thanks for a change of direction? Even if it isn't towards things that are good, it's just towards things that are less bad than what's going on right now. I think that's a, an important thing. Let, or let, let's uh, think about it a little differently. Jonah was in a swirling storm in the middle of the sea, thrown overboard from the boat. That's a bad situation. He's going to drown. He's going to die. And then he gets swallowed by a whale which is still bad, but it's not as bad. 
And so here's a prayer in chapter 2 where Jonah is praying a prayer of thanksgiving because at least the situation he's in now is less bad than his previously all the way bad situation was. (laughs) I don't know what kind of background you're coming from or I even need to remember this for myself, but there are times when I maybe need to learn to stop and give thanks that at least today is, maybe it's not awesome, but at least it's less bad than yesterday was. So let's give a moment of thanks for whatever thing you are going through that is at least, if it's not amazing, at least give thanks that it's a little less bad than yesterday's situation was. Does that make sense? I hope so. Let's keep going. Verse 7. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. That's quite profound poetry, I guess. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Uh, At this point, Jonah seems to remember what he needed to preach to Nineveh. That to be in the belly of this beast reminded him. Uh, yeah. And, and so we have to, I actually just lost my train of thought. I'll be honest. (laughs) Somehow being in the belly of the beast reminded him what his job was. And so Jonah right here seems to have a change of heart because he then says, at least to the stomach lining of the whale, the message that he needs to say to Nineveh, which is those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Now, let's do the shift that I had mentioned before. Remember how I said that everyone reads this chapter from this angle over here? Well, I want to say it from this angle over here now. So let's have some fun. Because at the beginning of chapter 2, when Jonah starts saying this prayer from the inside of the stomach of this big fish, there is no mention of Jonah's emotion. Now we might be able to guess that he was maybe depressed during the first chapter, but it doesn't necessarily say whether or not he was hopeful or joyful. Does it make sense when he says this prayer? And so what if this prayer, this monologue that he has inside the fish, what if it isn't praise, but instead is sarcasm? You hear what I mean? What if everything I just read wasn't a prayer of thanksgiving, 
but was actually rather more tongue-in-cheek. So let's, I'm going to read through the whole thing again, but I'm going to try to read it with some sarcasm. So it could be kind of funny. You ready? Uh, From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. (laughs) From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and yeah, you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths and into the very heart of the seas and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. Sure. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed is wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought up my life from the pit. What pit? At this point, remember, he's still in the belly of the beast. When my life was ebbing away as he sits in the darkness, <laughs> I remembered you, Lord, and my prayers rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sing, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. What if all of that was tongue-in-cheek and sarcasm. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Imagine the look on Jonah's face if everything that he just said, yeah, he prayed it to God, but maybe he prayed it in sarcasm, assuming that he was going to die in the belly of this whale and then he gets vomited back up on dry land. It's almost like, Oh, I was I was actually just being a jerk and you actually did save me right now. You see what I mean? This like this might actually be a hilarious chapter rather than like an oddity of a chapter and like well what kind of whale is capable of swallowing a human in that region? Um Also, I think it's amazing that these three words are in the Bible and that we call these three words in scripture. It vomited Jonah. <laughs> Imagine that. Those three words collectively make a phrase that we call scripture. It's by far one of the best phrases written in the entire Bible. So what if chapter two was sarcasm and he didn't really expect God to save him? And so all of it was tongue in cheek and that, and yet despite his, uh, punkness despite his being emotional and despite his being a pretty terrible prophet that ran in the opposite direction the whale actually did save him so here's four things just to think of and then we'll be done one whether or not it's sarcasm or honest humble legitimate prayer jonah remembers his occupation. And so it's in one sense, it is kind of a turning point because he changes from chapter one and being an anti-prophet to remembering the message that he's supposed to share with everyone all the time. And he talks about the temple. He talks about praise 
And then he talks about sacrifices, and then he kind of ends in a mini sermon. In essence, while in the belly of the beast, he remembers that there is such a thing as holy things. And that his life is supposed to be devout or devoted to the task of being a caretaker of the holy things in life. Two, you and I, we've all got to learn how to give thanks more often, especially when things shift from being terrible to being just bad. Because it's still an improvement. And yeah, we could lament and say, well, things are still bad. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't suck as bad as yesterday. And that in itself needs to be celebrated. And because Jonah... Whether it was real or sarcastic, he at least maybe on some level recognized, you know what, it's better to be alive in the stomach of a whale than it is to be drowning in the midst of a gigantic, chaotic storm in the middle of the water. Yeah. Number three. If his prayer was sarcastic, it makes his salvation moment in the last verse even better that he gets spit up and i can just imagine him looking around um but then coming to this fourth point we've got to be careful because the thing that swallows us that we think is for our curse or our or our damnation it might actually be for our blessing or salvation And so sometimes, at least with the whale and whatever we're going through in life, going into it might feel like death. But then on the other side of coming out of it, it might feel like it's life. Or in Jonah's situation, going into the whale might have felt like another form of damnation. But on as he came out of it, he realized it was his salvation. So be careful of denouncing the things that you're going through immediately. Because even though it's a hardship and even though it's darkness and even though it might feel like a pit that's dragging you down, what if in three days time, this thing that you thought was so terrible might actually have been for your benefit? You see, Uh, The book of Jonah, we don't have an exact time period of when it was written. We know that there's a reference in 2 Kings to a person named Jonah, son of Amittai, which is the same name as this guy, this Jonah. But but even this crazy story with a man being swallowed by a whale in chapter 2 has some themes that still resonate today. For instance, remember what we're here for. Remember that there is such a thing as holy things and learn to be caretakers of those things. Give thanks in life when things at least get less bad. Maybe they're not amazing, but learn to give thanks. And then maybe realize that maybe it's good to pray sarcastically every so often because at least you're praying. Does that make sense? And then finally, be careful. Be careful of assuming that some things are curses because they might end up being a blessing in disguise.
So thank you for listening. This is Jonah part two. It's not about the whale. And uh, next time we're going to do chapter three. I hope this was entertaining in some capacity and that you kind of chuckled along the way. And uh, I hope it gave you something to think about and to write about, to, to laugh about. All right. So you are wonderful. Thank you for listening. May grace and peace be with you.